0: Alright, so um, we're going to be starting First Corinthians today, and a couple of introductory remarks before we jump in. Um, I, I want to kind of reserve the right to uh, take, take some rabbit trails sometimes. I don't know that I will. Sometimes I, I might or I might not, I don't know, but um, I almost decided to do something different Today, uh, I, I thought it'd be a little weird to do that the first day of the class, but um, I almost changed subjects. <clears throat> but I, I want to kind of feel like I, uh, I that I can share the thing that's really working most in my heart. So um, sometimes I might do that. And and um, and this this is a really long book of the Bible, and I'm not planning on. I really don't want. As most of you know, the way I feel about these things. Um, I'm not really wanting to study this book. I want to kind of use this book as a track to run on. And where where I try to share things out of a present view and a present experience of uh, of the spirit of truth working in my heart and not out of a uh, an academic study of words or doctrines or concepts, none of that stuff, I think, has any interest to, to me at all. And so... Um, I'm just gonna. I, I kind of have done this before, I guess, but more with this book. I think the, the thing that's going to be different about this book is that I, th- I think I'll look a little bit more closely at the first part of the book, and then in the in the last part of the book, the second half of the book, where he starts getting into dealing with their specific problems and issues and questions. Um, try to deal with those things uh, individually, but kind of in i guess more like broader points or or larger i guess painting with broader strokes or not not necessarily going through verse by verse but just look at look at the issue what is he dealing he's dealing with something here it's a problem it's a misunderstanding what's the misunderstanding how is he dealing with it you know and uh, you know not, not at those at those points I think i'm going to be much more general and go through many verses you know each week so um that's that's my plan as as usual you guys are free to uh chat with each other um while I'm sharing online, if you want to, to comments or verses or the things that you often do, and that's great. Um, but I won't answer any questions till the end, so I can just get everything said, and that way I don't have to worry about the recording either, because um, uh, stopping for questions or things doesn't usually sound that great on the recording. So, yeah, I think that's pretty much my my uh, introduction. <coughs> I hope we can just really see the goal. As always, is not to learn the book of First Corinthians. The goal is to see what Paul was seeing and experience what Paul was experiencing in our own hearts as we look at this book, and um, and that's really always what I what I want. If it's not, if it doesn't come to be a living reality in us, then better to shut the book. If we don't read it with true humility and hunger to really know the Lord and to, um, to, to be governed by His life and His light and His spirit, and that's, the, that's what we're doing when we come together to, to look at Scripture, then I'm, I'm not kidding. It's, it's better to not read Scripture. Because, the reason is, because you'll do something with it. Other than the reason uh, other than the uh, than the purpose that it exists, and that will be something the, the Lord will have to undo in your heart with with great discomfort and, and confusion probably to your own soul because you've grabbed words, you've grabbed concepts, you've grabbed verses and you have um, made something out of them that isn't the Lord so. Don't ever want to do that, and uh definitely don't wanna def- definitely don't wanna lead anybody else into doing that. So I want to approach this with some some fear and trembling and just as Paul did writing the letter, as he says in the first chapter. Okay, so let's read a few verses here, and um I probably am just gonna talk about one word, <laughs> which is much more than a word, but <clears throat> we'll see how far we get. Paul called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God and Sosthenes our brother to the church of God which is at Corinth to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus called to be saints with all who in every place call upon the name of Jesus Christ our Lord both theirs and ours grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ Now, usually at the beginning of these books, as those of you who have been in other classes that we've done, I usually get stuck on some of these words because I feel like he he says some really important words at the beginning, things like grace, peace, sanctified, church, saints, you know. Um, And I I really really feel like it's essential to have some spirit-given understanding of those things. Again, if you start... If you, you start on the wrong foundation, what you build is, a, is the wrong house. And it doesn't matter how hard you build on it or how much time you invest in it. That's, not, that's never the issue with the Lord. The issue is the, is the nature of the thing that's being built. Be very careful, Paul says, how you build be very careful that the increase is the increase that comes from God be very careful that the the stones are on the one foundation and that the life of each stones of each stone is the is the life that's in the foundation stone the Christ be very careful that the thing that you're filling this is in chapter 3 and we'll get to it but the thing that you're filling his temple with is his own glory because well, Paul is very, very stern about that. If you read the end of First Corinthians chapter three, if you destroy the temple of the Lord, He'll destroy you. What does that mean? Well, if you, what is the temple of the Lord? It's a dwelling place for His own glory. And if you, how do you destroy the temple of the Lord? You just put something in it. You just use it for something other than it was created to be used for you fill it with something other than the, the the cloud the glory cloud that fills the temple and and um it only has one purpose so i say all that kind of just all that i guess kind of falls in the same category but there's a bit of a warning uh when when we're approaching these things that it has be be certain in your heart be so careful be so certain turn your heart like a child and be certain that the thing that's being built is uh, the is really the increase of the one who's building it in you. So, all right. Well, the, the, the thing that I'm going to be kind of stuck on today, probably, is just this... He says that, that he's writing to the church of God, which is at Corinth, to those who are sanctified. And... I could have got st- st- stuck on the word sanctify, but I got stuck before that as I was kind of thinking about this and, and writing down some thoughts. Just, you know, we, we could spend lots of weeks talking about the church, church, and I don't necessarily want to do that. But I don't, I also don't want to just pass it, um, pass it by. It's important to know who Paul is writing this letter to. I don't mean the specific people; that's not important. But what I mean is that the word church meant something very specific to Paul, and I and I don't think that it means the same thing to most of us today. I don't think the thing when he wrote the word church. Now we read that word; we've probably experienced something called church our whole lives, and and yet I don't think that what Paul understood church to be is is what is what. Generally speaking what people today what Christians today see there's so many fundamental assumptions when you with familiar words and that's why I feel like I'm always warning people be careful of familiar words be careful of familiar scriptures familiarity is a really bad thing because why is that because familiar things can only be familiar in your natural mind in the in the in the mind of the spirit nothing is ever familiar it's always new it's always different it's always changing it's always alive it's always you have not gone this way before so if something seems familiar or or you you approach it thinking that you know that's why paul says he who thinks he knows does not yet know as he ought to know well how do you know paul how do you know how i know because you think you know that's how he knows and, and the reason that that's wrong is because familiarity with things, that's a, that's a property or an experience or a faculty of the, of the natural mind. It's something that the natural mind experiences. It's never set them. When you're seeing, it doesn't matter if it's the word, pick a word, I don't know, Jesus, or, or it's something you've heard a million times throughout the course of your life. If your, if if the if the light of the spirit of God is making that a reality in your heart, I guarantee it's not going to feel familiar. That's not going to be the way you describe it. You're not going to think, "I know that." You're going to think, "My God," you know, "Save me from my own thoughts." So, what I was saying was that there are so many fundamental assumptions and presuppositions when we hear words like the church. And it's just, I just feel like every day of our life, we should wake up, flush everything we know, and turn our hearts to the Lord. Because all of our presuppositions are wrong. And not only that, here's another thing that's a little bit, I know it sounds a little strong, but all of your memories are not true knowledge either. Memory, memories are in the natural mind. I mean, it's not. I'm not saying it's bad to have a verse memorized or to, but but if you're remembering facts, that's that's not how it works. That's that's not what Christianity is. Can I say that really strongly? Remembering facts, remembering Bible verses, is not what Christianity is. It's about seeing. It's no more valuable to remember facts than it is to try to wake up in the morning and remember the light that you saw yesterday and live by it. That's not how it works. Memories are um, they they're, they're not bad. I don't want to say that they're bad but they're not knowing Christ remembering things that you've learned remembering lessons, remembering uh, concepts that is not spiritually valuable. What's spiritually valuable is seeing, experiencing, abiding in, living in a present experience of of life and light. And, and memories can be very deceptive. You think you know something because you remember it. You think you you think you're holding on to it. You think you're walking in it because you saw it one time. Maybe you even saw it in true light. But the memory doesn't keep it alive what keeps it alive is light is life working flowing in your soul like a river and so these things are are are. they're not again they're not bad but they're they're bad when they when they become what we think christianity is that's when they become bad they become extremely dangerous and and i know that christians say all the time you know um You know, get learn. Read this verse, make yourself believe it, and when a tough time comes, remember it. Quote it out loud. Don't do that. Don't just do that. At least don't. That's not. That's not it. See it, know it, and if you don't realize you don't, admit you don't. Fall on your face and ask the Lord to make it more than a memory. Tell him you can't survive without it being more than a memory, more than a concept, more than an idea, more than a verse. Be willing to lose your life or the, or the thing that's in the way of understanding that verse, the thing that the concept, the reality, the, the thing you're loving that's in the way of, of experiencing that reality. Because it, the only way to make it real is if the reality of it is the thing that is living in you. And I'm not trying to speak in riddles, but that's just really important. It's super important, and it's 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 super important with the word church. You'll never find out what the church is by reading a book. You'll never do it. You'll never find out what the church is by reading the Bible. Why is? And, and I'm not. I'm a hundred percent. We're doing a Bible study right now. I'm. I'm a hundred. I believe in all of the Bible, the whole thing, all 66 books, every word, and the whole thing, ordained, given by the Spirit of God. Nevertheless, reading and studying the book isn't the way to understand the church. Because, why is that? Because the substance of the church, the life, the reality, the character, the nature of the church is the resurrected life of the Son of God. And the only way the only way to know the church is to see and experience the one who defines the church who is the church you can't you can't you can read about the church and the bible but you can't know the church unless the one that the bible is testifying is awakening in your heart you just can't you see activities don't define the church songs don't define the church beliefs don't define the church. Not even believers define the church. Christ defines the church in every believer. And the measure of the church that's being experienced is the measure, is exactly proportionate to the measure of Christ that is being experienced, that is being shared, known, that is being experienced in true fellowship it is the the members of his body sharing his life that makes church okay the measure of the church experienced is the measure of Christ known seen and presently experienced it's not where you go although going somewhere is often a very good idea because It is great to have those who are gathered into one spirit also gathered into one place so they can share with their mouths and with their time the things into which they have been gathered spiritually. They can share and speak out from and communicate and enjoy and experience those things together. But still, Christ is that which defines the church. And and so it's not... Beliefs about Christ that we have in common, that's not it. It's Christ working his own faith, his own light in the soul. It's not activities done in the name of Christ. It's Christ doing those activities in you or through you. It's not reading the words of Christ It's living and abiding in the living word, the implanted word that is able to save your soul, the implanted word that cuts and divides and throws away one man and and implants another and forms and reveals and, and glorifies another in your soul. You see, people are talking about, and I know some of you know this probably as well as I do, just how much people talk about the church and and doing church and finding the right church. And and, um, and, and trying to get back to the right model. And, and establishing the New Testament church. And getting back to Acts chapter 2. And, and and how do I want to say it? What we're talking about when we're talking about those things usually is, is not even the church. What we're talking about is, if I can just be really... Frank, what we're talking about is a, is a man-made thing that exists because we don't know Christ or the church. We know Christ's words, and we know people that believe in Christ. And, and we get together, and we, and we don't know the Lord. Pe- see, people do this. They're, they're doing it right now. They get together because they don't know the Lord, and and we sing songs about a Christ that we don't really know, and we do that because we think that that's what He wants. And 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 we read and we study words about a Christ that we don't really know, and 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 will never know Him using that mind ever. And then we pray. To him, for the things that we'd like to see happen, because we don't know we don't feel his will, we don't know it we don't it 's not burning in us like a living flame it's it's, it's something we 've read about, and so we we pray for what we think maybe would be nice to see happen, or what we think we're supposed to pray about, because we 've copied it from the words of people in the bible or because we think well surely god wants this so let's pray about that and and then we we pay him money you know we give him 10% of our money because we well because we think that's what he wants from us and because someone told us that if we do he'll bless us and if we don't he'll curse us and so we give him cash i mean and then we put all these things Onto a, into a bulletin and we fit it all into a 60 minute chunk of time so that a nice cozy amount of time so it doesn't take too much of our lives and, and, and we call it church and I know I know. listen some of you may hear this and you don't you don't know my heart and you think man this, this, this guy is critical he, what a critical guy I wish you could see into my heart. I really do. I don't I don't have a right to be critical. I have received so much mercy from the Lord. I I lived that. I promoted that. I was that. I suffocated in that. I am that by nature. But it's not Christ. It's not his body. It's not the church. And the Lord looked down in the midst of all of it, searching in the midst of all that for hearts, for any hearts uh, in the people that that come together to do that, looking to see if there's any room, if there's any interest, any time available, anywhere to fit it into the bulletin for him to deal with your heart and show you that... That one, that, that you're the man that must die and he's the implanted living word of God that must be revealed and formed and glorified in your soul. And he looks down and he, and, and his eyes roam to and fro. They always have. They roam to and fro throughout the earth and they're looking for some crack of room that a seed can fit in. And a seed can go in and find a little bit of room to put down a root and grow. And then it's not going to stay in that crack. Then it's going to expand that crack and divide that crack even more. And then it's going to start tearing up the whole ground with its roots. And then it's going to start rising up and choking out everything else that's there. But first he's got to find in this thing that man does called church and I'm not against, you don't know how for church I am, but I am against the things that we do that don't let church happen because they don't let Christ happen. They don't let Christ invade our man-made, man-centered structure that's so full of Bible verses and morals and smiles that we don't even notice the absence of christ well again i don't have a right to criticize as though i'm not part of that i have received uh, i have received great mercy from the lord and incredible kindness from the lord to awaken my heart but what i see you see I've woken up a little bit from the night of confusion and deception and it's in my heart to testify against it and how could I not how could I how could you not really who those who have seen how could how could you not testify against a lie that is keeping souls satisfied with darkness it it burns in my heart to to say it and 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 so here's what here's what burns in my heart to say okay it's not it's not really what isn't Christ that burns in my heart. It's to say this, or what isn't the church. It's, 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 it, here, here's what I want to say. The church is defined by the life, by the person who is the life of it. My body is defined By my life, by the boundaries of my life. My limbs are part of my body because they live by my life, because they live by my blood, and the blood is the life. Without my blood, there's no life. My ears, my eyes, my hands, my feet, they all have my blood. They have my life, and those are my body only because they have me as their life. The moment I cut one of them off, I stop calling it me. Do you understand what I what I just said? The moment I cut off the moment I cut off my arm and throw it over there, I no long, I might call it an arm. I might even call it my old arm, but I'm not gonna call it me. Me is this arm that's still attached. That's me. If you poke that arm over there in the corner, I'm not gonna say, Stop poking me. I'm gonna say, Why are you touching that thing? It's gross. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you call it a cadaver or a chunk of a cadaver, or whatever. But but if you touch this arm, if you're poking this arm, I'll say, please stop poking me. Because, why? What's the difference? One is me. One is me because it is defined by my life. The other looks exactly like this one. But it's not. The other is not me. And you can poke it if you want to. You can Throw it out in the cold if you want to. Run it over with your car. I don't care. It's not me. Why am I saying that? Because it's the same thing in the body of Christ. It's defined by the life, by the person. My shirt is not my body. It's really close to my body, but it's not my body. A picture of me is not my body. A person that believes in me is not my body. A person that prays to me, which would be weird, is not my body. My body is very—it's—it's—it's it, it's, it's funny. It's very exclusive. <laughs> you know, it's a very limited, exclusive thing. It's defined and limited to my life. And we're so blind, friends. We're so—we're so blind that we think that Christ's body is not the same as the sh- that we. We think it's not the same way in the substance as it is in the shadow. We, 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 don't. We, we, we don't. We think that things that aren't living by his life, because they have some banner over them or some name on them or some belief system, we, we think it's his body. And, and the Lord is saying, look, that if that was living by my life, I'd love to call it my body. And I would use it as my body. And I would cherish it as the apple of my eye. But since it doesn't even know my life, it's not looking for my life, it has a life of its own, and all it does is sing about me, that's not my body. At the very least, it's not functioning like my body. And so we're blind. Christ's church is defined by Christ's life. It's limited, it's very exclusive it's very it's very inclusive because it lets anyone who wants to be a part of it. It's it's incredibly inclusive and welcoming. The doors are wide open, but there's blood there's blood on the door. You see the doors wide open, but there's a there's a flaming so- there's a cherubim with a flaming sword standing at the door. It's not the it's not the greeters with the bulletin. It's the cherubim with the flaming sword. You know what I'm saying? It's the cherubim with the flaming sword welcoming you in, but saying instead of can I take your coat, it's can I take your life. It, and, and, it's, and cutting down the man that can't enter into the church, hanging him up in the coat room and not letting you take him back, put him back on when you leave. It's, it is, a, it is a, a cross, it is a knife, it is a circumcision of the, the first man. It's very, in, it's very inclusive. It, everyone's welcome. Line up at the door until you see the greeter. You know? And then you run away. Because the greeter is Christ crucified. It's, it's may I never boast in anything except for the, the cross that's crucified the world to me and I to the cross. That's the greeter. And he's there with a flaming sword wanting to circumcise the entire body of flesh from your soul. And bring you in. It's exclusive in the sense that it only allows one life to live. It's inclusive in that it invites all to live by that life, but it's 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 defined by His life. It's not what we bring to Him. It's the measure of Him that's working in us. Can you see that? I feel like that's the most precious thing in the world, and we just want to make it a bunch of other stuff. It's not my. Contribution to christ 's cause it 's christ 's kingdom reigning in my soul it 's the government of the king of King David going through my soul with a really big sword going through the spiritual land of israel it 's Zion, the city of light shining in me thats see that's that 's something of the church it 's not what I bring to him. It's the measure of him working in me. And where I do not see and know and experience the life, the power, the light of Christ, there I am not yet experiencing the church. I am not yet experiencing the church. Someone says, you know, this this guy's saying some really radical stuff. It's it's not radical. It's it's not radical. It's not any more radical than saying where I am not experiencing your life, I am not experiencing you. No one would say, hey, that's really radical. You know, it's like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not hearing your voice. I'm not feeling your touch. I'm not experiencing your life. Therefore, I'm not experiencing you. So, no one would say, hey, that's crazy. Everyone everyone would say, that's obvious. That's all I'm saying about the body of Christ. If we're not experiencing his life, if we're not experiencing his voice, if you're not experiencing his touch, if we're not truly experiencing his life, we're not experiencing his his body. Well, it sounds radical because we have invented this man-made machine that does all these things that we think Jesus does. And we've put his name all over it. And we haven't known his life or his reign. And then Jesus himself comes to that thing and says hey guys that's just not me it's like it's like if you walked up to some people on the street talking to this mannequin as though it were you and and it kind of you know it it looks a little bit like you in some weird ways but and it's got your clothes on you know and, and maybe your perfume on or something or whatever you wear your deodorant or something, and, and you see these people, they're standing around and they're talking to it, and they're like, hey Jay, you know, I want to come over today, and this, whatever they're saying, and and you just, you feel like, you know, this is going to be kind of a blow to them, but I'm going to walk up to them and, and, and ruin their day here. Hey guys, that's actually not me. Well, what do you mean? It It actually doesn't have any of my life in it. Well, I feel like that's what the Lord wants to do to each of our hearts. It sounds radical because... We haven't known the church to be defined by the life. We've known this other thing that has another life. And we have the pride and the audacity to try to evaluate and judge and tweak, and modify the church based on something other than the resurrected, everlasting, living, powerful life of of the Son of God reigning in its members. I hope that strikes you. I I do. It strikes me. Who are we to evaluate the Lord's body based on anything other than the Lord's life? Who are we to try to tweak the model and, and change the wineskin if there's absolutely no wine in it. Who are we? Who do we think we are trying to do church different ways and try this and, 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 and attempt that? And all based upon whether or not it's bringing more bodies into our building. That's our evaluation. That's the only thing we care about. That's the first question everyone always asks me when they find out that I'm a pastor or whatever I am. How many people go to your church? Everyone asks me that every time. Don't ever ask me that. The question should be, how much of Christ is reigning in the people that come? Or how much of life is, is conquering death in your own soul? It's a, it's a, very, it's a very proud An audacious thing to try to evaluate and tweak and change and modify the Lord's body and evaluate it based on how much money is coming into these little plates that we pass around on Sunday. Oh, God have mercy on us. That is, seriously, God have mercy on us. That's all going to come out in the wash. I mean, you're not going to, that, that's all going to come out into the light. One day or another, sooner or later, everyone has to face the day of the Lord, where all these things are seen clearly, and everyone has to give an account. You have to give an account. What's the account? The account is what is out from Christ and what is out from flesh. Everyone will have to face that. What is your church? Is the church this thing you've built based on people and money and? Causes or is it it this thing that Christ has built, the growth that comes from God, Christ has built in your soul? Which one is it? It's a scary thing to build something in Christ's name that is not the increase of his life. And yes, we are members of the church. But the church is not defined by us. It is defined by. By Christ, yes. Paul is writing this letter to the church. You see, I'm saying all this just because it came to my mind when when I read that first thing. Paul says, "I'm writing this to the church." What do you? Who? What is the church, Paul, that you're writing to? See, there's assumptions right there in the very beginning. Paul is writing to the church, but the church that he was writing to was a people in whom Christ was being revealed formed and glorified and if it wasn't then he was writing to it about that very issue i remember I remember when i first when I first became a pastor I was part of an organization for like a year i think or maybe a year and a half before we left that organization or kind of were asked to leave, but uh, <laughs> encouraged uh, to leave. Uh, but uh, I, I went to meet, I went to Columbus and I had this, this conference I had to go to and I met with the, the person that's over this, the, the, this organization on, on like this part of the United States, I think like the Midwest or something. Sat down with me. The first question the, the, that guy asked me is how many people we have. That was the very first question. It wasn't, "Hey Jason, how do you like being a pastor? How's it going? Anything you know we can do to help you? Do you need any books or?" Now, how many people do you have? And and I laughed because I didn't know the Lord. I mean, I, I mean, I I knew that there was a Lord, but I, didn't, I hadn't seen the Lord at that point. And uh, and, I, and I laughed because even then I thought that's a really weird way to start a conversation. And I said, "Are you kidding?" And he said no I'm not kidding how many people do you have and I, I gave him a guess I hadn't I counted and then he said well how does it break down with different uh, age groups and because he and he started telling me immediately you have to you have to you know know your demographics and you have to you have to focus on each different age group in different ways in order to keep each age group interested this has to be growing this has to be satisfied this has to have their thing and And he went out and that's what he talked to me about while, you know, he ate a quick burger and then, you know, had to be gone. And I just remember, I never forget that because I remember thinking, I don't know much, but I'm pretty sure that was not a healthy conversation. Paul was writing, Paul was speaking the words of Christ to his own body with one desire, and that is that the life of Christ would be the only thing, that Christ would be all and in all, that that, that that the life of Christ would be the only thing working in the body of Christ. And isn't that a really, isn't that a very normal thing to want? I mean, that's what I want for my body. I don't want your life moving in my body. That would be weird, and it would be counterproductive. I want... And I don't want to have a limb that doesn't move by my life. That would be some. That would be a burden. That would be something I'd have to strap to the rest of my body and drag it along. I don't want that either. I want each member of my body to be fully governed by my life and move in pure, perfect alignment with my mind and nature. Otherwise, it is a burden to me. Whether it has my life in it or not, that's what Paul's letters are. They are the words of Christ for His own body, burning in the soul of Paul, burning in the soul of Paul. And we, and we, and this is what we do: we read those words, and we put our microscope on those words, and we pull out our exacto knife and we just start dissecting them and we examine them and we, we 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 categorize them and quantify them and label them and memorize them and then we we think we know that letter we think we know something we don't know that burning word that was that was burning in the heart of paul we think that that's how we know the living word that burns like a fire in the soul of man that baptizes you into the spirit and the fire that implants in, in the it plants itself in your soul and, and, and grows and reigns. I have a, I have a question for us this morning and it's a question, you know, just think about it. Do you know that burning word of God? Do you know it? Do you know that implanted seed, that life that seeks its own increase where it's been planted. If you don't, if you don't know that at all, you don't know the church at all. If you know that in measure, you know the church in measure. Who is Christ to you? That's, that's the question. Who to... Who do men say that I am? You know, who who is this Christ to you, and what is His body? Some say it's this, and some say it's that. Some say it's Elijah, and some say it's the prophet. Some say it's John the Baptist raised from the dead. Well, that's what they say then. What do you say now? Some say He's my life coach. Some say He's my buddy. Some some say He's he, He's He's my savior, but but they don't know what He's saving you from. He's not really saving you from anything. Who do you say that He is? He is a great king he is He is given to you to be the king and the lord of your soul he is He is the living reigning resurrected God given to the soul of man to be the life of that soul. Do you know him? Do you know him again i can picture I can picture people. saying this is strong, you know, this is strong stuff. I I better take this CD to my pastor and see if it's okay. Don't do that. Take it to the Lord and ask if your understanding of the church is okay. Take it to the Lord and ask if you're okay. And if the Lord, honestly, before the Lord, I say this to you in total sincerity. If the Lord says anything, shows you anything contrary to what I'm saying, throw the CD in the trash and burn it. But if he confirms it in your heart, if he confirms it in the depths of your heart with his own burning, living spirit, then fall on your face and ask the Lord to reveal his son in you because that's the only way you'll ever know the church. That's the only way you'll ever experience the church is by sharing, is by seeing and experiencing first the life of God and the soul of man, and then coming together in the silence of the flesh and feeding upon and sharing that living, reigning Christ. This is who Paul sent his letter to. He sent his letter to... What he knew the church to be. And who was the church to him? Well, it was the body of the one who appeared to him on the road to Damascus saying, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? That's who he was sent. Don't you think he sent it with a little bit of fear and trembling? The body of the one who appeared to him in a great light and said, Why are you persecuting me? That's all right. I've done that before too. The feedback. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, I was done with that anyway, so (laughs) that was a perfect way to end.